Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Had a tough time with this scripture. Um, it's deceivingly simple and uh, uh, it ends up being simple once you get there, but it took me a while to get there. So uh, I hope I can give it to you because I think it's tr- tremendously helpful. Uh, yeah, just tremendously helpful. So uh, let me start by asking you um, about your shepherding. Uh, I want to know what do you do? How do you, how do you shepherd? Who do you shepherd? I'm sure you do some shepherding in your life, or what do you keep track of? What do you, um, if you were homeless, for instance, you would be keeping track of your blanket and your water and your toilet paper, whatever you really need to to be able to survive out on the streets. Um, Maybe you have kids, you would be keeping track of them. If you have, know somebody with, uh, Alzheimer's, uh, you're keeping track to make sure they're eating enough or checking in with them, or maybe someone who needs constant care. Um, what are you checking on? You, you checking on your soap opera? I, 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 right? I mean, I'm just saying. Um, maybe you're with somebody who's very moody and you're checking on their moods to see how they're doing. You get home and you check to see whether you're partner, your husband or your wife is like ticked off at you or this is going to be a good day. Maybe you've got a kid that's like that or um, maybe a boss that's like that or a colleague. Maybe you're the boss and you have somebody who works for you who's like that and you want to know if the, uh, is, is he going to work today or are we into another uh, tantrum moment. Um, there's a lot of anxiety uh, that comes from this. I met a bishop once who had analyzed, he's a Baptist bishop, and he'd analyzed ministers of how they spend their time. And he found that ministers uh, spend 80%, most ministers, uh, not Jacob, um, spend 80% of their time uh, making sure people like them um, or making phone calls to make sure that they're covering themselves. Um, and only 20% actually going out there and being able to do some new ministry. But what about you? Um, uh, and then there's a lot of anxiety from all of this keeping track of things. Um, I, I noticed at 3 o'clock in the morning, um, and I, you know, I'm sure none of you are up at 3 o'clock in the morning, but at 3 or 4 or 5, um, th- there come on these uh, television commercials. And um, maybe you've seen them. Um, uh, if you had a Mighty Might mattress, you'd be asleep by now. And, um, it, and I sit there thinking, it, that's my problem. I don't have a Mighty Might. And uh, b- because there must be people who are not able to sleep uh, all across the country. And that's why they, they're selling those ads at that time. And, uh, and then let, if you think, you know, in terms of what you're keeping track of, let me just give you a test. Uh, uh, so I just make you nervous. I now to make you panic. Would you like me to make you panic? I can make you panic. Okay. Where's your passport? Your social security card? 
your library card? Do you have all of your receipts? Have you returned everything to Amazon or to the stores where they're supposed to go? What about the credits that you have? The, those credit slips that you have from stores where, you, I'm sure you have all of those. You know those wonderful $25 Apple cards? Do you remember those? Do they live in your drawer or something like? Do you have a living will? How is, <laughs> that's got it. Um, <laughs> what about your, uh, what's that, your will anyway? Is it up to date? Did you decide which kid? Um, um, maybe you changed it. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, 20 years ago, and it still says it goes to the frog. Um, so, I mean, I just, anybody anxious yet? Um, what about all of those gadgets that you have in your house that don't work? Um, do you have actual plugs that will give you energy in all your things? Like, do you, can you plug in your laptop in your, all your different locations and they all work? Of course. Um, anyway, I'll stop. Um, so we have Jesus in this uh, gospel today. And uh, he also comes along and tells stories about keeping track uh, and going out and getting this lost lamb. And um, I know uh, men and women in Ireland who keep sheep, and absolutely, they will leave the sheep and go get the lost lamb. I've seen them climbing down with ropes. Lambs are expensive, and they want them back with a herd again. And I tell you, I have uh, hurt myself looking for 25 cents underneath the bed. So I know, um, I definitely, I, I think it's all, it's all true, um, all about that. Um, but I remember the World Trade Center uh, looking at the faces of the people, uh, all those Xerox copies of people's faces. And uh, we were hoping that they would get out, you know, and people, and then it, it occurs to me years later, you know, people were running around making copies of people's faces, but, you know, if they hadn't been home by the next day, they probably weren't coming home, and then we learned that they weren't. And do you remember it started to rain, and the Xerox copies got smeared, and the, the flowers began to wilt? Um, this idea of keeping track can be very, very painful. Everyone has a story on 9-11, and you made a beeline for somewhere. You, if you weren't in New York, you went somewhere. You made a beeline for somewhere. And this endless staring at the Twin Towers and looking at it over and over and over again as though we just couldn't look away. So the story opens up, though, before we hear about the lost coin and the one sheep who are being looked after, the story opens with the introduction of the Pharisees, who are interested in uh, talking to Jesus and asking him the question and worried about the fact that he's spending time with sinners and eating with them. I think the Pharisees get a very bad reputation, um, and they really don't deserve it. You know, Pharisees are wonderful. The, the Pharisees 
are the beginning of the rabbinic period. The, the Pharisees uh, are the folks, middle class, poor people in rural areas who started schools, the Jerusalem uh, the Talmud, the Babylonian Talmud, the great works of Judaism come out of the Pharisees. Um, all the way from Rabbi Akiva to Hillel to Spinoza, that all comes out of Pharisaic tradition. You see, they were fighting with the Sadducees. The Sadducees wanted control and had money and power over the government, but the Pharisees were out there trying to do it in the hinterlands and trying to keep culture together and keep people safe. And when they asked Jesus this question, why are you carrying on with sinners and, with pe and eating with them? They're attempting to keep people safe. That's their motive. I mean, do you really want someone who's carrying a pistol to come to your house and have dinner? What if it goes off? Don't we need to have some kind of boundaries somewhere? Don't we need safe places? Isn't that what laws are really about? Aren't you driven crazy by the fact that bicycles do not obey the rules when they're going down the bike lanes? Now we have some response, right? And then there are the motorcycles that go into the bike lanes and we have to kill them. No, but anyway. The, so there have to be rules. And Pharisees were much more brilliant than that. You see, Sadducees wanted to take the Torah literally, but Pharisees said, no, it needs to be debated and talked about. It can't be literal. These are ideas. And from them come the Mishnah and the Gomorrah, the great stories. And many people think Jesus was a kind of a Pharisee. In fact, part of the Pharisaic tradition. What about that? So he's speaking to his own, and they're saying, we're worried. You're hanging out with dangerous people, and this could be dangerous for all of us. I mean, when we saw the World Trade Center, what we were talking about was chaos and the hypervigilance that we all experience in dysfunctional families. When we check out whether someone is angry or coming home and gonna get drunk or coming home and gonna act out is about keeping ourselves and our families safe. And so we start to be vigilant and to put down rules and barriers to see if we can possibly keep the thing going. You with me? So they ask him this question and Jesus needs to minister at this point. And, I, and notice how he does uh, minister to them. Isn't it beautiful the way he starts ministering to them by coming alongside them, by telling them two stories which they can identify with, both the coin and the sheep. They can say, yes, that's, that's what I do. I go out and I try to get that sheep or I look for that last coin. That's exactly what I do. So they must have felt taken by that. They must have felt like they were being included. And I wonder whether you feel included because there's a little bit of Pharisee in all of us, isn't there? Is there maybe a lot of Pharisee in all of us? Is there maybe, one person told me, yeah, a Pharisee, a warden. 
But I mean, it's the person who takes care. It's the person who's worried about the fact that there might be a leak in this place, that there might not be electric next week, right? So Jesus comes alongside them. And then something astounding happens. He puts on this little coda at the end. And this is what tripped me up. And this is where the Holy Spirit needed to speak and where it's going to speak to you today. And I'm about to tell you something that will be so exciting for you and so healing. Because listen to Jesus' words after he says the story. It's at that point that he says, when he's found it, this little sheep, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. Rejoice with me, he says, for I found the lost sheep. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And later on when he speaks about the woman with the coin, he says, there'll be joy in the presence of the angels of God when one sinner repents. And what he means to say to them, and can you see it now? You're not the shepherd. You're not the lady looking for the coin. You're the lost sheep. You're the lost coin. I'm Jesus. I'm the shepherd. You're the mess. I'm the helper. Has anybody here ever been able to stop an airplane from hitting a building? Have, has anybody here ever been able to create one seed or a child to make the wind blow? Certainly not. We are the lost. We are the one for whom Christ has come to rescue and save. We are the ones in need. And that moment of surrender, of knowledge, the moment of awareness of that in our lives, whenever it happens, that's a transforming moment. It's like that moment when you go, ah, right. I'm actually not in control of this place. Do you know, when I first became a rector, that I had a fight to the death over whether the nursery school could use a certain door? I lost half the mothers in the nursery school. I got my door. It was a year later that a woman I was in Bible study with mentioned to me, I really don't know why you did that. I mean, you could have just used the other door and then you would have had them. I mean, control? Control? Where has it ever... What was that about? Control over righteousness, over love? Righteousness over one heart, one human soul? To let go and to let God is to allow ourselves to be moved and to see, have our eyes opened, says Christ, to the Holy Spirit and to what God is able to do. And what's really exciting is it's not just that it's like that, that when you surrender that happens. It's that Jesus says, and he just said it twice, that when you surrender, God does a happy dance. I mean, like, you know, 
So when every time you surrender, you might do it like 20 times a day, I'm surrendering. He's going like this. He's going, he's happy. He's ha there's joy in heaven. It's very exciting. Every single time you let go and your shoulders can come down because we're not, this, this, this building gives us a lot of trouble, but we're not the building. And I understand that you may not know where your passport is. But, you know, so you won't go to Europe this year. The flights are impossible. You know, I, I really um, want to say just two things. Um, if you were to move like this, you know, think about it like this, and you put your hands and they go like this, you know, like that, try it. Just put your hands like that. So, like that's like vigilance, right? Or maybe like this. That's vigilance, right? Right? But what's this? That's like surrender. And that's what we have the opportunity to do when we come to communion, to, to surrender, to turn it over, to let God be God and be the lost sheep who we really, who we really are. So I just uh, close with a teeny little story. I, and, and a, I'm sorry, I went to an Al-Anon meeting in Ocean Grove, and um, there's like, I, it, that's for families of people who are affected by alcoholism or drug addiction, and there are like 12, it's a women's meeting, and there are 12 women there, and uh, so it's a small meeting, and very wonderful for me because uh, they're from all different walks of life and different amounts of uh, money and education, and very, very honest. And I get a lot. I got I get a lot out of it. And um, and at this particular meeting, it was very meaningful. There was a woman there who was crying in a lot of pain, and she never talked, but there was clearly hope in the room, you know, and love for her, and you know that kind of palpable feeling of acceptance. They made her, you know, she had a cup of coffee. But after after her turn came another woman who, and I want you to picture her. She had sort of teased. Um, blonde hair and slightly plump and sweet looking and maybe 45. And um, she, she said, that, well, I'm going to share today. I'm really going to share. I control everything, no matter what I'm controlling. I walk into a room I'm controlling. I go over there, I'm controlling. I control, control, control. And I just decided, I don't care. I gotta, I, I'm gonna fix it up. I'm zipping my lip. I'm not talking anymore. That's my answer. I'm just not gonna talk. I walk on the room, just not talk, that's it. I walk into the room, I wanna control, I'm gonna just shut up. So I'm just, that's what I'm doing. That's my program for today. That's how I'm handling it. I wanna control, I wanna look. Nope, I'm gonna go like this. She said, but last week, I was walking down the street, and I'm talking to Jesus. This is New Jersey, so you can talk about Jesus. Anyway, so she said, so I'm walking down the street, and I'm talking to Jesus. And I said to Jesus, so what are you doing dying on a cross like that? You could have stayed out of Jerusalem. 
you, 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 could have, you could have stayed around a little more and taught us some more. You could have, could have given us more information. I don't know what you were doing about that. And then you didn't even defend yourself. I don't understand the whole thing and I got to go through it every single Good Friday. And then I stopped on the sidewalk and I realized, holy God, I'm telling Jesus what to do. And there was, a, there was this palpable love in the room as this woman who thought she was a shepherd, right in front of our eyes, transformed into a loved lost sheep. And you could feel the joy in her heart and you could feel the love come to her and you could feel the healing and, the, and, the, and the, just how good it was for her. That's what I want for you. And I, and I don't want it tomorrow. I don't want it when you take your Xanax or you see a therapist. I, I want you to have that now as you lay down your heart before the Lord who, who does have it in his hands. So uh, just to listen to a little song. It's a song written by Susan Grove, very short. You're just going to hear the very beginning of it. And it's called... Um, Remember, surrender. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast produced and recorded at the parish of calvary st george's in the city of new york if you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish we would really appreciate it you can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorgesorg give thank you for your support